0: This is Power Players with Dan Clark. I stand Power Players with Dan Clark. Special, special edition. As I've had an opportunity to not just meet, but to pull back the, the covers, if you will, look behind the door of some of our University of Utah football stars. We've had an opportunity to ask questions and find out about their lives and about what makes them superstars off the field with that reality that they are the University of Utah. You are the message. And one of the finest young men, as I've read his, his bio and as I've watched him from the fourth row at the 50-yard line every game since he's been to the U, it's a pleasure, it's an honor to have on this episode Braden Daniels, And uh, he hails from Carrollton, Texas, Carrollton High School. Actually, no, I lied. It's Hebron High School in Carrollton, Texas, which is out on the east side. It's over by the Plano area. Uh, Incidentally, one of the fascinating things that I'm always curious about is DNA. What in the world do we take from our parents? How much does that gene pool matter when you're an elite athlete like you are, Braden? And his mother played basketball at McNeese State University, which is in Louisiana, one of the top programs in the country, and uh, we'll get into that as we we, uh, drag you through the questions that I think I can ask you that everybody in the stands wants to know. This episode is brought to you by Big O Tires. Not just a leader in Utah and the Intermountain West, but on a national scale, our Utah franchise owners are held in the highest esteem. Thank you so much for being such a major sponsor of University of Utah athletics and especially our football youths. Number one, when you come from Carrollton, Texas as a three star recruit, uh, tell us about some of the other recruiting opportunities that came your way and why you decided to come to my beloved University of Utah.
1: Uh, not for sure um i was actually originally committed to the University of Illinois and like it was a good program they had like Lovey Smith there i liked the offensive line coach it was just like i didn't feel like it was a fit for me and just i wanted to you know expand and you know network elsewhere other than you know just like i guess like uh throughout you know the middle of the united states like around texas and stuff so i wanted to go like Experienced the West Coast, and whenever I was actually gonna take my official visit, I was like, oh, "Mom, I think I should like, you know, take this uh, this visit." Like, I, I kept seeing like the, the, you know, the German feather and all the helmets, and I just kept saying like over and over, and, like on Twitter, over and over. So I just felt like, like it was almost like it was a sign, and like I just kept seeing it. <coughs> but I took the official visit, and uh, Coach Harding, he kept asking me if he could still like continue to recruit me. And I said yes, and the rest is history. <laughs> it's <laughs> but, so good. Yeah, but I like the, just the family culture, the atmosphere, you know, and how hard they coach us, you know, the development of the uh, you know the weight room, you know, nutritionist, the, just on the field and the IQ that I've gotten in the film room with Coach Harding. And I just enjoyed my, my years here.
0: Well, you're also three, three times, three years in a row, all Pac-12 academic. <laughs> Honor roll. And that's pretty significant, I think, that you're a student athlete at the highest level. Uh, one of the things that intrigues me, my friend, is your quickness, your your twitch muscles. I watch your agility. And as one of the the great offensive linemen, it appears from my vantage point as I watch you a lot, is that you're not just as good that you're you're not just good going north and south, going forward we're backpedaling, we're holding your ground in pass protection, but you go left and right and you participated at the highest level as a shot putter in high school. And for those of you who think you know anything about shot putting, I challenge you to Google that because (laughs) that is dance. That is dancing with the stars. That's footwork at its finest and hardest and most intricate intricate level. So teach me how that Played out in helping you become more of an agile offensive lineman, not just a straight-ahead pass block. I mean, a run blocker. But you are, you're that complete, consummate offensive lineman.
1: Uh, yeah. So I actually wasn't gonna do like anything with track, but my offensive line coach in high school was the shot put and discus coach. So it was kind of like <laughs> I had to like it was almost like I want to say forced, but when I went out there, I, like, I enjoyed it. It was fun going out there with, like our other teammates and just be able to compete in a different level in a different sport. And I actually got a chance to do some uh some javelin throws too at a track meet before. So like, you know, it was just different experiences. But um I mean I wasn't a spinner in the shot put, but I was a I was a glider and that's like the technique that my coach taught me. So I feel like that goes almost like hand in hand with just like my pass protection and just like trying to explode out that leg and then get to that spot and like settle and just, you know, working on those fine techniques. And I feel like, you know, just, you know, being a shot putter and having to, like, really focus on that, that glide back, it's just, like, so many little just different things that you wouldn't think about that would help you, like, throw even further or throw even, like, higher. And just I feel like that helps it helps my attention to detail and just
0: help me, like, become a better football player. And through that, that, that glide, that slide technique, it, it teaches you how to control your center of gravity and how to move forward and stop on time. I mean, it's just, it's like now I look at offensive line blocking so differently after I read that about you. I'm like, I wanted to ask you, it had to pay off. It's so incredibly important. So, what advice would you give to a young high school star who wants to get recruited by an elite program? Would you advise them to participate in more than one sport or? You know, especially when so many coaches are saying, no, 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 it's an individual sport. you got to focus if you're going to be the best. And in my experience and my observation, and now what you're teaching us is just maybe that's not the right advice. (laughs) Teach us. What would you say to a young high school kid?
1: Um, I would say just honestly, like, if I was younger, and I would just experience everything you can. Like, you know, take advantage of whatever you can because you'll never be, like, 15, 18 again so like just take advantage of all the experiences and all the stuff that you can you can do possibly but I would say like it helps me become a better football player and like I think that all these sports you know it's going to teach something about a a sport like whatever sport whether it's basketball you know football like it'll teach you something like you know if it's soccer you know the foot coordination like you're going to get at least something from a sport and it'll help you in the long run so I feel like just take advantage and do do all that you can.
0: I love it. So let's take take us back to your youth. What was it like growing up in the in the home? Your dad, Sigmund, yes sir, and your your mom. It starts with a Y. How yeah, would you Veronica. say it? Eronica. What yes, a sir. beautiful name. Yes sir. So emphasis on sports, emphasis on competition. Brothers and sisters, talk to us about how you were raised and how you got that competitive spirit.
1: Uh, yeah. So I was a uh, only child. So like I was kinda like just trying to figure it out on my like on my way up. Like I didn't have any like older brother who teach me about like, you know, shoes or like fashion or anything like that. So I kinda had to figure <laughs> out everything on my own. But my mom was, like she you know, she did she did what she could to try to like keep me hip and you know, keep me <laughs> up to date. <laughs> but I was always like, I wanted Nike, like Nike this, Nike that. Like I just you know how it is, like the socks and all that stuff. But um I first started, like, my mom said that I was always, like, you know, energetic, I couldn't sit down. So she put me in, like, soccer. You know? Oh, wow. And, yeah, I did, like, soccer. Uh, I remember doing karate, baseball, um, basketball, and then I eventually got to football because like, one summer I stayed home with my dad. And, like, I was eating, like, junk food. <laughs> and <laughs> I just gained, like, a lot of baby fat. And ever since then, I've been alignment,
0: <laughs> offense and defense alignment. So were you always big for your age, or did you have a spurt? Um,
1: I would say about, like, the third grade, and I had, like, a spurt. But I was, like, actually, like, uh, I was kind of, like, skinny and, like kind of scrawny, but I was, like, fast. But
0: I got, like, a little spurt between third and fourth grade, yes. So you've always been a lineman, or did you ever play any other position?
1: Um, like, I was in Little League in uh, middle school, and then I played uh, for Deion Sanders an organization called The Truth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I played for him, and I played D-line and O-line in the uh, middle school at The Truth and also for the city though, that I played in, but I didn't start only playing
0: offensive line until high school because they wouldn't let me play D-line. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> okay, so let's talk offensive line. So you were the offensive, the Pac-12 offensive player of the game twice. Yes, Once last season against the University of Stanford, Stanford University, and this year against USC. And most of the time when you hear of offensive player of the game, it's one of the, you know, it's the quarterback who combs his hair in the huddle, and it's the wide receiver or or running back who seems to get all the pub. And yet you emerge. How did, how did that happen? Why did they select you? How did they select you in those two games? Take us back last last season to Stanford and what happened that allowed you, that made you, that empowered you, that inspired you to just take your game to the highest level possible and obviously be rewarded and recognized as the player of the week, the offensive player of the week in the entire conference. Yeah, so to like can I tell you a little story? Please.
1: <laughs> uh so like I was actually I think the week before, uh our other album to I, I met Nick Ford, he had just got the pac to player of the week. And so like I won the full home home that week. You know, I feel like I kind of like got a little bit of the competitive spirit from her, and she was like, "How come I keep seeing Nick?" This is like yada yada yada. and I'm like, "How come I don't see Brayden?" I was like, "All right, I gotta turn it up a notch." <laughs> 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 so like, <laughs> I kind of like you know, I, I, I dialed in a little bit more, focused in, like kind of toned in, and I was just watching the film. Maggie just like it was a it was also a short week too, so like, you know, they might not. Have been as prepared as they, they might have wanted to, but you know, I was just watching the film. I was like, I'm analyzing it, and I'm like looking at the details and like looking at his first step, and I could just like see that like if I I knew if I could get off the ball faster than him, I could get under his like his pads quicker and then like you know raise him up, and that was just like my kind of go to. I wanted to get movement in the run game that game, and then I always wanted to like protect, and I just tried to you know do that to my best ability that game, and I felt like I, I had a I know I had a good play whenever, uh, I think Tavion scored and. They were, we were just, it was being physical all over the field. Like, Nick Ford had, like, somebody on the ground over here. And then I like, throw somebody, and this is how it jumps on top of them. And then we score. Like, it was a fun game. It was, like, it was a, it was a game I'm for sure going to remember. But it was, it was awesome to be able to, you know, receive my first Pac-12 honors. And, uh, and I feel like the USC game, you know. we always You, Wait, know, was,
0: you, were, a, you were a second team all-conference oh, last yeah. year as yes, well. Sir. Let's just throw that at <laughs> Yes, sir. That's so awesome. Congratulations. Yes, now, now, now the USC
1: game. And then uh, the USC game this year, you know, we all, we already knew what was at state, and we knew, like, we knew we had to protect the quarterback. We knew, they led
0: the nation yeah.
1: in sacks yeah, we knew. going into the game. Yeah, we knew, like, they led the nation in sacks. We knew, like, we knew they were good players, we knew they were going to play hard. And I just felt like, you know, the offensive line, the old block—you know—we band together. You know, it was—it was really like the burn the ships mentality. Like, we're going out there, and like, no matter what happens, we like we want to win, and we want to come up with that victory. And you know, we're all week we're doing uh, the film study with Coach Harding, and we're just taking a little extra time, little details, you know, these little packages that they have, and we're just trying to like dissect it to the best of our ability. And then the the other part was just executing and just trying to like, go out there and dominate to the best of our ability. And I felt like he did a pretty good job.
0: So in football, they say that <clears throat> the, offense, the offensive line has an advantage only because you know what the snap count is and you know where it's going, pass or run. The defense, our – I play defensive instant and a backer. Our advantage is we can use our hands and we can be physical in that, in that way. So how did you, as an offensive lineman, and you said you, you prepared it in a different way, in a higher mindset way, a more dedicated, focused way, and yet USC, every single time you got down and set, they would shift. So teach us from an offensive lineman's perspective, when you sit down there and you know what the snap count is, you're concentrated so you don't jump off sides, you know exactly where the run is or the pass, And all of a sudden, the guy you're looking at, you're thinking, okay, i got to block him, uh, you know, zone block, whatever the case may be. And then all of a sudden, he shifts. Take us as fans into your mind and how you prepare for that and how you can quickly shift from, oh, I'm supposed to be blocking him to, oh, no, I need to protect the A-gap or the B-gap.
1: Yeah, so, you know, it it starts with the film study and just knowing that they're going to shift and then also knowing that, like, sometimes – Whenever we do get to the line of scrimmage, like, this front doesn't look, like, familiar. Like, it looks weird. It's kind of off. So, like, just because we know it's something that we haven't seen before, then they're most likely going to move. So, like, you should already be, like, just thinking about analyzing that in your mind, thinking about it, like, all right, they might move. and then, honestly, like, you shouldn't even be listening for the move call if you're tuned into our quarterbacks, like, our cadence, because we have different cadences. If you're tuned into his cadence, then you're, like, only listening to that because you know as soon as he says like go, you're trying to get that that half a second, just that half a second advantage that you know just to win that rep and just to win that one on one matchup. But you know, coming to the line of scrimmage and then just like I said, the film study and then having seen these fronts before and having the experience from you know, the, the past years and being able to to dissect or execute, you know, and change up your mind and knowing like all right now that these guys have moved, I'm not working with this guy anymore, I'm working with this guy. And like, just to understand, have a great knowledge and understanding of the play as well, and just knowing where the play's going to go, and you know, knowing how to like, block them or butt block them, just different just, just different scenarios that can happen. And I would say like the last thing, really, is like, if they're going to move and do a lot of movement, and just taking like really short, choppy steps, so you can have that center of gravity and that balance and still be able to like load up
0: that's shot-putter mindset and body set. <laughs> yes, sir. This episode is brought to you by Big O Tires, one of the number one sponsors of University of Utah Athletics and an awesome community supporter. So let's talk so, personal. So um, what's your pregame routine? Do you put on your headphones, listen to music? What kind of music? Or do you camp out? When I had Clark Phillips in here, he says, my dad's a preacher, and so I listen to gospel music. I'm like, really? He's out there getting fired up by listening to a hymn? <laughs> so talk to us. Teach us what your pregame uh, routine is on a short on a short week, like this past week, um, versus a longer week, and an early start kickoff time versus a late night kickoff time
1: for sure um you know i like to you know just i'll kind of like just dial my attention more you know to football you know stop worrying about school trying to like you know just separate myself from the world and you know just make it only football and just really dial in just like I, i like to watch like more film rather than just like Watching, like, them as a whole and, like, knowing, like, what they're going to do, I'll really, like, tune in and, like, try to watch, like, my the person I'm going to be going against the whole game.
0: The night before, yeah. you'll go right in and isolate films, film study.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, I would try to do that, like, and then our coach likes to say that we do the, uh, we have the best Fridays in football. So, like, we usually, like, watch a movie or something like that and all that stuff. But usually, like, I'll wake up, you know, talk to my mom or my dad. I love it. <laughs> Just Talk to your mom
0: and say, "What do you mean, Nick Ford? <laughs> Don't be talking about Nick Ford ever again." <laughs> <That's>
1: <laughs> but I usually you know, wake up, and you know, we we'll do like a team walk, and all that stuff. And then I'll probably cut on like you know some Tupac or something like that. Oh yeah, some Biggie Smalls, and then I'll like start like speeding it up, you know, trying to get you know the songs more aggressive. You know, I feel like off offensive line, it's a mindset, and you know you got to be a tough guy. So like, trying to like you know, build that mentality in my head. And, no like R and B or nothing like that. I feel like cause I asked uh, you know, Kim and other guys in our team like they say listen to like R and B and stuff. I'm like I guess I get it because like you're trying to like get in your game, but I feel like offensive line like you know, it's trying to go out there you know trying to like put your hands on somebody and like it's a physical battle. Oh yeah.
0: But for those who have never played the game. Football is not a contact sport. <laughs> Dancing is a contact sport. Football is a violent experience where you rip the guy's lips off and always show up at the line of scrimmage in a bad mood. <laughs> yes, sir. And then, I don't know. I would just say, like, up until the game,
1: you know, usually have those late Pac-12 games. So, like, that's when I really, like, sit down and, like, watch more film. And I'll have the Norma Tech boots on, trying to do recovery, rolling out my feet, you know, just – prepare for a game, you know, just trying to feel the best I can before the game so I can go out there and dominate.
0: So let's let's play this game for a second. So uh, you break the huddle and it's on two and a lineman jumps off sides. What is your opinion? Why would a lineman jump off sides? Does he have something going on in his life, fight with his girlfriend, his mom sick? It might be something going on in his life. Can we, can we empathize with them? Like, oh my gosh, you got to get it right. Just like you said, I'm going to just get my mind on football and blow out all the distractions. But that's sometimes superhuman. We're, yeah. we're human. We're young men, and you're out there just doing your very, very best. Teach us how you deal with adversity. How you would, how would you recover? How would you block off so that you can still be there for your teammates, still be there for yourself? Oh uh, yeah. Uh, I know um, the
1: defensive coaches at the University of Utah. You know, they say something like, "Once we walk into that door, you know, leave all your problems at the door." You know, we're just focusing on football here. And like, I don't know. I feel like I took that to heart, just because I feel like if you really want to like perfect a craft or be excellent at a craft, then you have to like be able to block out different distractions and be able to like have a singular focus at a singular time. And you know, once we're done on the field and we. We have a victory. We we come out with a W. Then you can start focusing on the other things. But I feel like just whenever it's like it's time to like dial in and like really focus. And just like you said, when the offensive lineman like jumps jumps off sides, or whatever. Like, yeah, you could have things going on in your life or whatever. But at the end of the day, like you got to be able to block all that out. And you should have already like blocked it out before you even like you know stepped onto that field. You, know, you walk to that door. Like, you like know, you sign that piece of paper. Like give everything I have and, you know, do whatever it takes. But I think there's just, like, a lot of things going on in offensive head because, like, you, we have to be perfect. And, like, knowing we can't be perfect, we still have to, like, execute. And it's just, like, if it's on two, then, like, sometimes, you know, you get kind of jittery, you know, you're trying to get off the ball. Like I said, you're trying to get that extra half second. But – I mean, it really just comes to like dialing in and focusing. And, and like I said, like <clears throat> whenever UFC was moving back and forth, like sometimes like they'll like purposely say move like louder, like really loud, so to meet the offensive line jump off sides. But if you really dial in and like listen to that quarterback snap
0: count, then you shouldn't have a problem. So let's transpose that into real life. Right. I mean, if you if you're that good and you are on the field working with change adapting to change being resilient you've uh, just missed your block and your guy your defensive lineman you play guard obviously so you're in the A gap and your guy they 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 blitzed The Mike backer comes up and sacks the quarterback and everybody in the stadium knows it was Braden Daniels who fell down how do you get back up for the next play and forgive yourself and fire up and say wait a minute no matter what my past has been, I have a spotless future. I can't always control what happens, but I can always control what happens next. Here we go, baby. How do you do that m- from a mental and emotional perspective? To just let go, learn, and fire up again? Because right now matters. There's not a flipping thing you can do about the last play. You got to focus right now. Teach us. Um,
1: all of our coaches, you know, I practice like at practice or like during the game know we might mess up on a play or be you know half a, sh- half a foot half a, a step short and, you know get beat or like hands get swiped and like, you'll go you'll get go down but I've learned from like just my you know from my experiences in, the, in my past like it has to be that next play mentality and like even though that you know you messed up and you know you're gonna get like chewed out in the film room, <laughs> like it has to be that next play mentality and even whenever um Our, you know, our old block, you know, we mess up on the field, or somebody misses a block, or we have a sack, or jump off sides, it's always that next play mentality, like, next play, just forget about it, like, forget about it, you can't do anything about it now, you know, we'll get in the film room later, and we're going to learn, and we're going to critique you, and it's going to be, like, hard coaching, but at the end of the day, you're not going to make that mistake again, and I feel like that's one of the reasons that I went to Utah, and I wanted to be coached by Coach Hardy because I know he's like a hard coach and he's going to be on you and I, I, I've i asked him to like coach me hard and just so I can learn from mistakes and I won't make them again and like I said it has to be that just that next play mentality and just learn from mistakes so it won't
0: happen. So do you have a girlfriend, a wife, a main squeeze? <laughs>
1: Uh, I always tell people I'm married to the game.
0: <laughs> ah, I love it. And the reason why I, I, I got that deep in snooping around your personal life is because I, I want you to teach us what you've learned from football that immediately applies to life. You have <clears throat> all the skill set, all the character, all the intangibles to make it at the next level playing in the NFL. So when you're rich and famous, I hope you remember me. But other things matter and teach us how you can take what you know as a football player and apply it to personal relationships or professional relationships when football is over
1: uh yeah just honestly like I'd say the biggest thing that football has taught me is just you know I wouldn't say, I would say just like you know follow your dreams but also just how to fight through adversity and to work towards your goals and ambitions and I hope I think football has helped me like create a work ethic and it's helped me create like if I want something then like and you wanna work you're gonna work hard enough for it and if you want it you're gonna go and get it. And I feel like that's something that like football has also like helped me has taught me to and just being an only child, like I was kinda like shy and I was kinda like I would always like sit back and like kinda just watch. But I just think that like this sport, like I've learned a lot from it, but it hasn't, like, I wouldn't say it's taught me everything about life. But I just think it's helped give me different perspectives on life and just being able to have the different relationships with all the people in our team, you know, Polynesian, Black, uh, Mexican, whatever it is, like, whatever ethnic or, like, religion, religious beliefs that they have, like, it's helped me, like, learn how to connect with different people. And, like I said, being an only child, like, I didn't have, like, a brother or sister, so, like, in a way, like, it's like a brotherhood for me, and, like, I have, like, brothers and people that I can, like, call and, you know, just, you know, pick their mind and just get their perspectives on life.
0: So good. As we wind down, my friend, teach us about how the culture here in Utah is different than a lot of other cultures, maybe even different than, than Carrollton, Texas. You know, I, I played football, baseball at the U. I grew up here basically going to East High and then following my heart to, to the U., And sometimes when you're here, you don't understand how different and how special it is. And so I always want to ask someone who came in from out of state, from outside of our culture, how does it stand out? And again, back to the recruiting question, why are you so excited to be a Ute? And why are you committed to staying here and not jumping early to the NFL draft? Notice how I put that in, Coach (laughs) Witt. And uh, why this is even a great place to raise your future family.
1: Uh, no, nah, definitely, like, when I first got here, like, it was definitely, like, I want not say, like, a culture shock, but it was, like, a, a big change for me, just being, like, a thousands of miles away from home, and, like, you know, only being able to talk to them <laughs> on the phone, and, like, my mom, like, she will come up to the games and stuff, but, you know, she just off at college and like, oh, this is real, like, <laughs> and, like, you know, like, I'm not, <laughs> you know, she's not coming back, like, you know, I'm gonna see her, but I gotta grow up now, but... It was, uh, it was definitely, like, an experience for me, just, like, when I first got here, staying in the dorms, and, like, I wasn't real. I was just trying to figure things out, and I didn't really know anybody. But, you know, I, like, as I, I've gotten older, you know, I started to get, like, a car. You know, I started to, you know, you know, I started to understand the city and, like, how it, like, works. And, like, I understand, like, it's a grid, like, it's a big box. And then I started to find, like, more and more food places and just find, like, where the like, good food spots are and just, you know, the good spot, like the views and, like, all that you know, just all that Utah has to offer. And I would say the biggest change for me was, like, the food places because, like, I miss Whataburger so much. <laughs> and I, like they didn't have, like, anything here. And I was like, ah, oh, I guess you got to, like, stick with Chick-fil-A, Chipotle. So. <laughs> but it was definitely, like, a big change. But I wouldn't say, like, I w- I've enjoyed my time here, and I've gotten a chance to, like, go snowboarding and just visit the mountains and go into the canyons. And I, I still want to do more stuff, and I would, like, come back just to visit. And I know there's, like, a lot of opportunities and just money and stuff to be made here. But, I, like,
0: I enjoy Utah, though. So as we wind down, we're cognizant of NIL, of name, image, and likeness. How can we as a business community, as a family-oriented culture, support you? Braden, <laughs> you're just one of the fine young men. And uh, I can't compliment you enough on air of what your reputation is, as I've asked around, as I've asked teammates, as I've asked coaches, and they compliment you. They say you're exactly the same off the field as see you are on the field, see. that you're a student of life, not just a student of the U. Um, how can we help you? How can we keep in touch with you? How can we reach out to you? Give us some way. Do you have a, a you know, a Twitter call sign, you know, stud muffin <laughs> hunk or, you know, yeah. sexy dude. <laughs> but you, come on, come clean. T- teach us how we follow you and how we can
1: reach out to you. Uh, you can just follow me on like, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I'm about to come out with the, um, a couple, of, Like, I think a shirt line. Oh, so I'm going cool. like, to put like a uh, picture on a shirt. Very cool. And then I'm uh, gonna have like a apparel line uh, as well. So cool. just, you know, support me, represent me.
0: And add, add what's your what's your Instagram? Uh, my
1: Instagram is my name, Braden, B-R-A. Yeah. I don't want
0: to interrupt. Spell it again. I was gonna do that.
1: No, it's not good. Underscore D-A-N-I-E-L-S. And then my Twitter is B underscore D-A-N-I-E-L S
0: seventy one. And obviously 71 in the program number one here. Huh? <laughs> but Braden is spelled B-R-A-E-D-E-N. I, did, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I wanted all everybody right. to get that straight. Okay, so uh, last 30 seconds. You talk about food. What is your, what's your default food? If you're living by yourself, if you come home and there's nothing in the refrigerator, what are you going to make? What's your favorite of all time food? Um, you know, just being from Texas and then
1: like, my uncle and uh, like my dad, like they just love grilling. But I like ah. I like you know some good barbecue. Yeah, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> some good barbecue, like a smoked steak. You know, some like steak and shrimp or uh, something like some of that of that genre. But you know, you can put. I feel like you can do a lot with it. You know, put some fried rice with it or some mashed nice potatoes and you know just whatever you want. But I'm a big, uh, <laughs> big barbecue guy.
0: So there we go. NIL, any businesses in the restaurant world, you can just start throwing some big money after Braden (laughs) Daniels. Get him to be your spokesperson with that little barbecue maybe on the edge of his lip right here (laughs) before a game just to make sure we all crave what you crave. This podcast episode is brought to you by the amazing Big O Tires, nationally recognized and celebrated, thinking large, and taking care of local small. This is Dan Clark. It's such an honor to meet Braden Daniels. I challenge everyone to watch him as closely as I do. Number 71, not just while he's on the field, because sometimes in the congestion of a run play or a pass play, you don't really get a chance to watch their footwork, their handwork. But watch Braden when he comes off the field, how resilient he is, how supportive he is of his teammates, how he flashes that giant smile and that cool hairdo that basically lets everybody know he's there. He's a youth. He's proud to be a youth. I can't compliment you enough for being a fine young man. And if you need any help to call your mom sometime and just remind her that you really are all that in a bag of chips, I'll be more than happy to do that. Thanks so, so much. And we appreciate you. That's Go Ute time on Dan Clark, Power Players with Brayden Daniels. The views and opinions expressed on the Power Players podcast do not necessarily reflect those of KUTV or Sinclair Broadcast Group.